separate, but then they're friends. They are components of the same <laughs> fundamental force, electromagnetism. That's what she said. They're friends. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm a science teacher. I'm Cheryl, and I slept through science. Each episode, we'll tackle a science question you may have learned in school, but can't quite remember or fully explain. And I'll take the risk of asking the dumb questions so that we can all understand the science we slept through. The bell has rung. Let's get started. Welcome to Lesson 71. We are in our Invisible Things unit. Cheryl, what is the question for today? Well, Ryan, um, just like in real classrooms, sometimes teachers are sick or on vacation and we get substitute teachers and am i, I sick don't know, or am i on vacation um you, you can just put your feet up and great <laughs> yep just chill because we have a substitute teacher today ryan yeah yes who do we have this is our friend ian ian do you want to tell us a little bit about what makes you qualified to be a science substitute teacher <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sure. I'd love to. First off, I'd like to say I am not a scientist. I am an engineer. Mm. Uh, I have a bachelor's and master's in electrical engineering. Um, and as my uh, 101 professor stated, scientists search for truth and engineers solve problems. So <laughs> that's, right. that's the perspective that I bring. <laughs> nice. Which Problem is good. That's good. good. Very cool. Yay. So, um, Ryan, I mean, you can go if you want. All right. Uh, See ya. <laughs> I'm guessing no, you want to hang out, though, and maybe glean some things from our lesson today, too. I do, because <laughs> I don't actually know all things, and definitely electrical engineering is not my area of expertise. So I'm looking forward to learning something from Ian today. Yay. Great. And I can depend on you for the classroom management portion of this. So, you know, if yeah. Cheryl gets too rowdy, which always happens. <laughs> All right. Well, Cheryl, what is the question for today? Okay, Ian. Well, I was thinking about electrical things and there is quite a lot I don't know about electricity and quite a lot of it that is invisible. So I think it fits well with our unit. Um, but I actually have... Um, I have a hybrid car, but it also has an electrical plug-in. So it like does the just electrical thing or the hybrid thing. And so I've had it for like a year and I honestly don't understand how electric engines work at, I don't, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> so I think that would be a very, um, <laughs> close to home and applicable, I don't know if applicable, but really interesting thing to learn more about is this thing that I own that I, I don't know how it works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, obviously electric cars are a big deal nowadays, uh, but there are a vast amount of things that have electric motors in them. Ooh. Fans, lots of kitchen appliances, you know, blenders, kitchen aids, things like that. Yeah, so there are electric motors all around us at all times. Uh, wow, so, so I have I a lot of them. it's a great question. Then. Yes, you have probably more than you think because you don't really probably think about what's inside your blender. No. Uh, well, at least <laughs> what's inside the base of the blender. You probably think what's inside the bowl of the blender. <laughs> 
Yes, that's uh, true. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with our pre-assessment. So I'm gonna be bold and just ask you outright, oh, gosh. how do you think an electric motor works? Oh boy. <laughs> well, you plug it in. Um, and I'm guessing that, well, so it gets the power from wherever you plug it in from, but, um, or from a battery, but then it probably has a lot of wires that transfer that power, I'm guessing. And then somehow that energy makes things move. Maybe usually spinning is involved. Like, well, I'm thinking like my blender like literally spins um, or like a fan also literally spins. But I'm guessing there's even like a motor in a car. I know there's spinning in the in the non-electric ones. So maybe in the electric ones too, that it like, like a windmill, maybe it creates energy like a windmill does where like somehow the spinning makes more energy or is that the outcome of the energy that was already there? Okay, so we know that you gotta power it somehow either through a battery or uh, an electrical outlet. Yeah. So. What do you think the electricity is actually doing to make the motor move? Oh gosh. Okay. So I'm thinking about when we talked about normal car engines, we talked about that the gasoline explodes a whole lot. So I'm curious, like, are there little tiny, tiny explosions happening in electricity? Well, I don't worry with that sort of fire. Um, what does it do? I don't know. I don't really know what electricity is. <laughs> and so I, I know like it creates energy, but I'm not sure if that's through explosions or through something else it's doing that ends up making energy. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's think about what are some, so you've talked about engines and you've, you've yeah. talked about like, there's the fuel that makes the explosions that then moves the mechanical parts and that makes it move. Um, what other, what, what other forces do you think might be uh, usable in making things move? Oh gosh, forces other than explosions. Um, <laughs> hmm. Heat, possibly, okay. or like temperature could probably have, do something maybe. Um, or I'm trying to think of what else would make things move. Gosh, I mean, my brain is kind of drawing a blank and I just keep thinking about energy because we talk a lot on this podcast just about like energy and that it like produces heat and light and all these different things. But I don't know how that would be transferred into something actually physically moving, you know? Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> we have we have a lot. We have a lot to talk about uh, and you're definitely going to learn some things and hopefully you find it really interesting and cool. Yay. Well, Cheryl, okay, you don't necessarily have a lot of ideas, and that's totally okay, because 
this is a very complex topic or can be. Um, you might kick yourself when I tell you what the answer is, but uh, prior to college level courses, a lot of this topic is just sort of hand waved and like, trust me, this is true hmm. um, and it works. So uh, don't feel bad that you're not really sure how, uh, how electric motors work because um, once you, it doesn't take very many questions to suddenly be in the deep end of science and hmm. a lot of fundamental, fundamental physical uh, things we talk about. So, and I'm going to actually just jump in here real quick and say that at one point, Ian and I, we, I was over at Ian's house and we were talking about this and I was asking those questions and I think we talked for like over an hour. It was like, <laughs> but wait, what about, but doesn't that mean, well, how does that work with, so you're doing great, Cheryl. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I was feeling vulnerable, so I appreciate that. But I mean, I think we found that on this podcast in order to really have like one concise lesson, it's like, oh, we're not, we're not going to get to all of it. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer, and then I'm going to backtrack, and we're going to go explain how it works, because you actually asked a really great question as part of the pre-assessment. So the answer is magnets. Are you serious? I am serious. Oh my the gosh, The answer I didn't is know that. magnets. <gasps> so for an electric motor, the electric energy that you put in from the wall or a battery or whatever is converted into mechanical motion via magnetism. Also, you are 100% right. It's spinning motion. So that's Ooh. cool too. And not, and not just because it's a blender or a car, and we'll get okay. to that as well. Um, but the, the really great question you asked is, what is electricity? <laughs> uh, and I think that's a really great question because nowadays so much of our world depends on electricity yeah um when i was in college which has been a while now but i had a professor who uh got his degree before uh modern electronics was invented so before the transistor was invented back when they only had vacuum tubes uh and so it is not Compared to human history, it is not that long that we have had electricity and um, that our society has been powered by it. So I think this is a really great question to ask. What is electricity? Um, and the answer is uh, uh, electricity is electrically charged particles. And you've probably heard of them. They are the electron and the proton. Oh, yes. I have heard of them. So the electron is, has what we consider the negative charge, and the proton has the positive charge. And to some extent, these are just sort of arbitrary, whether they're positive or negative. You can flip all of the positive and negative signs and everything still you know, works out the same way. Um, it's just by convention, the electron is considered negative and the proton is considered positive and a little history lesson it's unfortunate because Benjamin Franklin thought that the protons the positive charges were the ones that moved around the wires and it turns out it's actually the electrons the protons stay 
in place and it's the electrons that move. Uh, so he's the reason why everything's backwards, but it all oh, works out, so like funny. I said. But okay, uh, so yeah. is that why on batteries there's a positive end and a negative end and you put them opposite each other when yes. you put in two batteries? Interesting. Yes. Cool. Yes. They, the charges flow from, we call it flowing from the positive to the negative, but basically, yeah, they flow from one end to the other. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's the positive end and the negative end. Nice. Um, we won't go into a, a lot more electrical engineering than that, uh, okay. but that's that's what uh, that's what electricity is. It is uh, electrons, and so uh, a couple of lessons ago, you learned about gravity and you learned about uh, the Higgs field. Do you remember what the field is? Um, it's a trampoline. Uh. <laughs> well, that's space time. You're was, close. Wait, was the trampoline the analogy that we used for the Higgs field, Ryan? It wasn't the analogy that we used for the oh, Higgs field. It. it was. It was an analogy that we used, though. That was just for, as Ian said, space time itself. So space okay. itself. Okay. Yeah. So then the Higgs field. I remember the term, but apparently I just remember trampolines. Um, so it's you might okay. want to give me a little refresher. Right. So um, not the Higgs field specifically, but uh, a field is a sort of a, an area where there can be uh, forces on objects. The Higgs field is a very specific type of field, um, but charged particles like electrons have an electric field around them based on um, the amount of charge, or I should say, uh, you know, the electric field depends on the amount of charge kind of at the center. Uh, if you have one electron, you have a certain amount of an electrical field, which really just sort of measures how much a it would push or pull another charged particle that came near it. Um, so in the same way that uh, um, magnets, you know, they have a north end yeah. and a south end. And if you try and push two north ends together, they want to push away. Um, but a north and a south want to pull together. So magnets also have a magnetic field that kind of measures the strength of that push or pull. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so there's electric fields around charged particles, and then there's magnetic fields around, uh, like this is a refrigerator magnet, uh, also called a permanent magnet because it is always producing a magnetic field. Um, so any magnet that I have that I would call a magnet is a permanent magnet, I'm guessing? Yes, okay. that is correct. <laughs> okay. That is correct. And so these fields, they attract kind of their opposite and they repel their same. So um, two, two north ends of a magnet repel, uh, two electrons want to repel against each other, mm. but an electron and a proton want to like come together. So there's an electrical field around an electron. But when a electrical charge, like an electron or a group of electrons, moves, they produce a magnetic field. When they move. Yes. As they move, like down a wire, 
or like if you're just firing them off into the air, yeah. uh, they as they as, as they move, they produce a magnetic field, and um, and because we're talking about forces, we also need to talk about direction because there's sort of a magnitude of the field, how strongly they push or pull, but there's also a direction in which they push or pull. Okay. Uh, and so in physics, there's this concept of the right-hand rule, and we can apply it to, yes, thank you, Ryan, uh, and we can apply it to uh, figuring out how these fields are generated. So if you take your hand and you lay it flat, your pointer finger is pointing in the direction the electron is traveling. Okay. These fingers the other are pointing... Three. Yeah, in the direction that the electrical field is sort of being emanated from. And your so like thumb. like a 90 degree angle from the yeah. pointer finger. Okay. The thumb is in the field, the direction of the magnetic field. So the magnetic field that's generated by a moving charge is perpendicular to both the direction of travel and the electrical field. My thumb is not at a right angle to my pointer finger. Well, okay. I mean, it's... <laughs> Pretend it is. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yes. You might think of electricity and magnetism as two separate things, but they're not. Electricity and magnetism are both components of the same fundamental force. Hmm. Cleverly named electromagnetism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. But these things there. are, yes, these things are not actually separate phenomena. They are components of the same underlying thing. Uh, a good way to describe it is that you're just, it's, it's almost like if you're looking at something in like a picture in two dimensions, there's a, you know, height component and then there's a sort of width component, right? And so you can think of these things as it's all one painting, but you may have, you know, different heights in it, you may have different widths in it or elements spread out. They're, they're both the same, but fundamentally, they're all they're all connected. So it's not two separate things. Uh, if you want to know why a moving charge produces a magnetic field, we have to jump to special relativity. So we're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> But Ryan's eyes did just light up. <laughs> All right. So now we know how magnetic fields are generated. And we can talk about the current, the which is the electricity moving from a battery or the wall through your blender or through your car's electrical motor. Um, again, the magnetic field is perpendicular to the direction of motion in the electric field. Uh, so again, we use the right-hand rule. And in a straight wire, if you point your thumb up in the direction of travel along the wire, the way that your fingers curl around is the way that the magnetic field is being e emitted from the wire. So if you have a uh, straight wire, like I do here, electricity is running up it, the magnetic field is swirling around this way, which would be really? uh, counterclockwise. Yes. Is All that why wires here. are like a circle shape or they're round? 
Um, no, not necessarily. I think they're okay. just round because that's it's an easier shape to okay. form. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so this, so if you, if I were to run electricity through this wire, it would generate a magnetic field around it. Now it would be pretty weak because um, the uh, proportion of electricity compared to the strength of the magnetic field is scaled down a lot. Uh, now I'd like to do some demonstrations to show you how you can build your own electromagnet. Ooh. This is maybe something that you've done in science class when you were in elementary school. I'm I did, excited. but not necessarily everyone else did. So I have a D cell battery here. Uh, oh, I should say what I'm about to do, be careful. It's safe to kind of mess around with batteries this way, <laughs> but please do not plug something into the wall and try and make an electromagnet that way because that would be very dangerous. How about we say if we have any children listening to involve your parent in whatever you're doing and then parents um, be adults. <laughs> so first I'm going to hook up a straight wire to the battery and we'll see if we can make an electric magnet. So one moment while I adjust my camera. All right. So I have a box of standard metal paper clips here. With my D-cell battery, I'm going to tape one end of this straight wire to one end of the battery. This is terrifying already. <laughs> <laughs> What's terrifying about it? This is like everything I was taught to not do as a child. Like you don't mess yes. with things like this. So it's a little scary. I'm about to short out the battery. Fortunately, this battery is small. Uh, it, it won't catch on fire. Okay. Oh uh, but if you did this with movie. your, yeah, if you did this with your wall socket, uh, it would be a very different story. So yeah, no, don't do that. I take this on here. So now I have a lot of electricity running through, through this approximately one meter long cable or wire. Pretty much he's taped both ends of the batteries now on this thing. Holy moly. Well, you can see it's not picking anything up because this field is very weak. Okay. Yeah, he held it up to a box of paper clips. He held he the wire up. up. Yeah, the wire itself. Yeah. Now, remember when I said, because we're talking about forces, we have to talk about direction. So what I have here is another meter length piece of wire, which I have curled approximately 20 times or so. Now, like around a pencil, like you kind of like you yeah. stuck a pencil in and like just wound it around in a spiral around the pencil, took the yeah. pencil out and now you just have this tight curl spiral. Yes. Yeah? Now this is, uh, so one way to increase the magnetic field is to run more electricity through the wire. Another way to increase it is to coil it around because if you can see, these coils are laying next to each other, which means that, you know, as the electricity runs along the curl, we use our right hand rule, Let's see there, 
the electricity is going to, or the magnetic field is going to come out this way, right? But these coils are all aligned with each other, which means the magnetic field is going to, all the magnetic fields of each curl are going to add on top of each other, mm. increase, producing a stronger magnetic field, or a field. Let's see if this will be good enough to pick up a paperclip. I'm just waiting for Ian to shock himself, and I'm a little worried about it. <laughs> he's once again. Uh, hey, I'm a professional. Literally, he's batteries. a professional. Good. I'm yep. glad. Yeah. So, so the coil is like in the middle of the meter long wire. It's not the whole wire. And then he's still taped one end to the positive end of the battery like the top or whatever, and the other to the bottom. I actually don't know which one's positive, which one's negative. And so it's almost exactly the same as the other, except that now in the middle of the wire, like farthest away from the actual battery, it's all coiled up. Let's see if this will do it. And may not, it's probably hard to see. They are slightly attracted to it. Oh, I saw not, some movement. But not enough that it can pick it up. So yeah. there's another, there's a third thing you can do to increase the strength of a magnetic field. And this is the classic thing that they, that, you know, you might do in like third or fourth grade. You take an iron nail and slip it, it has to be iron. the coil. It needs to be a ferrous material, which is typically iron. But there's some other cobalt works. There's a few other um, metals that are very good at becoming magnets themselves so now i've wrapped this through and oh, come on well it worked when i tested this out oh there we go <laughs> a paper clip so i have made my own electric mag electromagnet out of a d-cell battery one meter of wire and a nail wow that's exciting. So uh, this nail, uh, because it has a bunch of uh, free or no unpaired electrons in it, the magnetic field going through the wire aligns them all in the same direction, which then aligns their magnetic fields and makes the overall magnetic field stronger. Interesting. So the way that an electric motor works is that it has coils inside of it that you run electricity through. And I think most of them have permanent magnets, although it's not a requirement. You can also do it with other coils uh, of electromagnets. And the two forces push against each other. You, have the, you set them up to be um, the same poles, and so they want to push against each other and you put one in the middle and the other around it and it'll cause it to spin cool i can quickly show you one more uh picture of what that looks like yes please so you have uh in this case you have permanent magnets around the edge the north and the south in the middle uh on uh, and the, those fixed ones are called the uh, stator. And then the middle is called the rotor because it spins, it rotates. And you'll see that 
you have electricity going in and feeding these. So the blue is north and the red is south. So it starts to push. The blue starts to push away from north because it wants to repel. And it starts to spin the rotor and spin around. And then uh, normally when the north and south are aligned, it would stop. But what uh, the motor then does is it switches the direction. The electricity flows through the coils so that this south becomes north again and this north becomes south again, causing it to continuously spin. It switches? It does. So if the motor's going super fast, is it switching like really, really fast? Uh, yeah, it can be, um, depending on, you know, the speed of the motor and how it's designed. Obviously, they, this is a very simple uh, motor, um, but they can be more complex. Yeah, Interesting. they can very fast. Wow. And so the magnets pushing each other, the electromagnet versus the permanent magnet, cause it to spin, and that's what generates the motion from an electric motor. That's so cool. Okay, Cheryl, that's the lesson on how uh, an electrical motor works. There are a lot Amazing. of different types of electrical motors, but they all operate on that same principle of using uh, electricity to generate a magnetic field to spin the motor part. Nice. Uh, and so now it's time for your quiz. Now, as a substitute, I don't like to give quizzes, but I have specific instructions from your teacher that I oh have to give gosh. you a quiz. I was going to say, so. as a student, I like to not take quizzes. So we could try just like, I won't tell if you won't. But the only problem with that is that Ryan is still present right now <laughs> and also will be editing this episode. So like, he's going to find out and then like, I'm going to have detention or have extra homework or something. And I don't want to deal. So we should probably just get it over with, but like, let's make, we can make it as painless as possible. Okay. Well, <laughs> fortunately, the very first question is true or false. So that's always nice, right? Yes. True or false? Electricity and magnetism are separate forces. Oh, this sounds like a trick question, true or false. Yes. Yeah, they're separate, but then they're friends. It's actually false. They are, Dang it. they are, they are components of the same <laughs> fundamental force, electromagnetism. That's what she said. They're friends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was I'll thinking that like, one leads to the other, but they are actually the same thing. They are, they are, okay. and this gets really noodly because it gets to deep physics stuff, but they are part of the same it's looking it's like looking at um i can never remember the artist but you know the artist that paints with dots and then when you're up close it doesn't look like anything and when you stand far back away it's this really fancy picture with people at a park or whatever uh -huh. it, it, they're like that they are part of the same whole but you can look at them in different positions and see different things that's they, why it felt like a trick question ultimately are different the same fundamental force, one of the four okay. fundamental forces. Um, you've now learned about two of them, gravity and electromagnetism. Oh my goodness. 
Okay. Right. Uh, next question. Name three ways you can increase the strength of an electromagnet. Ooh. Okay. Well, one is coiling the wire, which makes me wonder if that's why I some of the electric things in my home have a coily water or if it's just, again, a design thing and has nothing to do with it. But sometimes, have you ever seen those little, like, springy, coily wires on things? Like on yes. hair dryers or things like that? Oh. Yeah, sometimes that is to uh, reduce the strain on the wire itself so it doesn't break mm, okay but you may be able to look through the vents in the back of a hair dryer and see coiled wire inside and that would be oh. the coiled wire for the electric motor cool okay that makes sense because i have seen the little tiny tiny coils of wire before and that's why that's so cool did i distract you enough that you forgot that i still have to answer two more no. Okay, dang um, it. Um, <laughs> two, two. So that's that's um, definitely one way. Okay, well, um, iron or a, and then you listed some other things and you said what iron classified under. Ryan, what's the thing that iron classified under that he said? Uh, he, a ferromagnetic, I believe. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Yes. Cobalt. So you, and you a, mentioned cobalt. Yep. Yeah, so if you wrap the wire around a core of iron or some other material, iron is the most common because it's like one of the most common metals that we have that that does the job. That will increase the strength of the magnetic field. One um, more. Getting a bigger battery uh, or more batteries. Um, I don't know what else would increase the strength because the first thing you did wait did i get it right actually you did you did heck yeah <laughs> sending more electricity through the wire will increase the strength of the magnetic field that makes sense uh it usually pales in comparison to doing things like looping it around uh a metal and coiling it and stuff like that but that will do it you can in fact create an electromagnet with straight wire I had a physics professor who did it once. He hooked it up to a car battery very briefly. Oh and he had gosh. two strands of wires next to each other. And when he touched the terminal, the wires went bam together. Wow. wow. But that is a lot of electricity. So don't do that at home. Okay. I'm not going to do any of this at home. Not even that battery <laughs> thing you showed me. So don't worry. <laughs> great. You got the three ways you can increase the strength of electromagnets. All right. You're doing great. All right. Final question. Describe how an electric motor converts electrical energy into mechanical motion. Okay, so there is a positive end and a negative end. And they don't like themselves. They only like the opposite kind. And so when they're near their own kind, either the, or you also said north or south end. So like if when the north is near the north, they are gonna push away from each other um and so when all of that energy comes through and that there are built in north and south ends and then there's like a rotating guy that also has a north end and a south end and so when the south end and the south end are near each other it runs away and then it hangs out near the north end but then the direction switches super fast i still don't understand quite how fast because that is a crazy amount of speed that those are turning, but it switches directions and then it 
keeps going and that's how it goes in circles is it keeps running away from its itself and needs to go to therapy yes. probably but you know it's just spinning in circles yeah. not getting anywhere i know but it's spinning your car wheels well i like that then good job cheryl thanks that was fun cheryl i'm so impressed you did such a great job oh my gosh you came back thank you <laughs> i've been here the whole time i know i know thanks <laughs> that was really fun yeah. And Ian, thank you so much for sharing about how electric motors and electromagnets work. There was some stuff in there that I definitely remember learning, but there was other stuff that I was like, I don't know that I ever actually knew that piece. So that was fun for me as well. Yay. Thanks, Ian. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really enjoyed my time here. Yay. Thanks, Ian. Although um, typically subs just like let people watch a movie and hang out so like you might want to catch on to that maybe next time we like have early recess time but if it wasn't going to be that i, I it was a cool lesson thank you <laughs> all right well i think that's all the time that we have for this lesson this week so why don't you pack up your stuff and get ready for my closing remarks you can follow us on instagram and facebook at i slept through science or on twitter at slept science if you have dumb science questions like I do, please send them to us. You can email us at isleptthroughscience at gmail.com, or you can even send us a voice memo and we'll play it on the podcast. Please rate and review our podcast to tell other people what you think about it. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode and share about our podcast on social media. Thank you to Beth Reed Miller for the artwork. You can check out more of Beth's artwork at Beth is something. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye. Ah! The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you.